Hey there, welcome to the Cultivated Family Podcast. I'm Megan Hillica, and this is where we dive into grief and loss and all that I've learned through the loss of my daughter, Aria. I want to share tools and the things I've learned along the way to help me carry my grief, along with interviews and stories of other people who have experienced pain and heartache in their life, and how we can, as friends, support one another through our tough times so that we can have the joys again as well. You are not alone, my friend, so let's dive in. You're listening to the Cultivated Family Podcast, episode number 10. I cannot believe we're at episode number 10 already. Today, I want to share four thoughts I have about grief, things I've learned from my grief journey. And before I dive into that, I wanted to let you know about next week's guest. She is a mom who is learning how to navigate pregnancy and having another child after a stillbirth. So she has a lot of great things to share. That is what we're going to be talking about next week. So if you were like I was, I kept wondering if this was all what my life was now. Was my life sadness and depression and deep pain and grief like I've never known before after Aria died. How was I supposed to be a mother to my other children who I love so much, but I'm snapping at them and I'm struggling to be their mother? I didn't love Aria more than my other children, so how come her dying was taking over and robbing me of being the mother I wanted to be? I couldn't believe it that I was only 23 and I felt like I had aged 50 years overnight. I felt so old. I was far too young to know this pain and experience this kind of trial. I had so many years left in my life to live and was this going to be one rotten, miserable life? I knew that I didn't want that. I knew that I wanted to find a way to live with this. So in those days, I pondered a lot that there are so many heavy and horrible things that happen to us all when we live in a world of struggle and pain. Yet, there are so many people who suffer suffer horrible experiences. Many people in this world have had a child die or other horrible things happen to them, and yet they're living. And I kept pondering, how is that possible? If all these other people have these horrible experiences and have a child die, that how do they keep living and do they have joy in their lives? It seems like they have joy in their lives. So is this possible for me too? I wondered that. Is it, is it possible for me to have a beautiful life still um, even after Aria died? So is it possible for the rest of my life that it won't be depressing, sad cave? I so badly wanted to learn how to live with this because I had so many years of life Not certain that, you know, we know with death that it can come quickly and unexpectedly. But I plan on having a long life. And I want my many years ahead of me to have some happiness and joy along with my grief. So something I hear a lot from many people, many mothers, and it's a very, um, it's a very understandable response because because as mothers, we feel like we need to take care of everybody else. It's our natural response. But I need to stay strong. I need to 
just push through. I need to get through this um, for my kids, for my husband, for my family. And I just want to ask you, why do you need to stay strong? What does that mean to you? Does staying strong mean not allowing yourself to grieve? And does staying strong mean you put on a mask and pretend you're okay when you're not? Do you want to live like this? Do you want to live being in a shell version of yourself? Of course we want to be there for our family and our kids, but is putting on a mask or your version of being strong, is it a way of showing compassion and showing to our kids that this is how we grieve or this is how we feel our feelings, or this is how we experience loss, that we're just fine and we have this mask and we're, we're good to go. Your kids, your family, your friends, whoever is in your life, they do need you and they do want you to be in their lives. And by focusing on your kids and the other people in your life and ignoring your own grief, you are doing a disservice to them because your kids are not getting you. They are getting a shell of you. They are getting the mother who is pouring from a very depleted and empty cup. Losing a child, it drains you like nothing I have ever experienced before. I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty for what is because that is kind of a part of losing a child. It's just there's a period of not really knowing how which way is up and and how to parent your children after loss. There's so many things that go into it. So there's no, I'm not here to guilt or shame anybody. I just want to offer a different viewpoint and maybe something you've never thought about before. I want you to see that the best way you can serve your family is not just to push through and be strong, but to notice and care for your grief as well. So it's it's important to take care of our families and to be there. But I just want to offer that maybe a way of taking care of our families is taking care of ourselves so that we can be there for our families. This was my biggest motivator for going to therapy and really focusing on allowing my grief to come and go as it needs. I wanted to be able to be my children's mom again. I didn't feel able to at that time. I remember feeling broken and I felt incapable I didn't feel stable mentally and um, I just knew that I needed some extra help and I couldn't do it by myself and I needed to take care of myself so that I could be that mom. I didn't even feel like I could watch my kids on my own. I needed Justin to check on them constantly and when I was caring for them on my own I was terrified and I just kept thinking that is this how I want to parent for the rest of my life. I still have other kids here. I need to figure out how to take care of myself so that I can be the mom that I want to be. When we be strong and ignore our grief, we are not allowing ourselves to process and support our pain. This is the way, in the way I'm interpreting it anyway. So we might all have a different interpretation of what it means to be strong. But the way I'm talking about it is being strong, not showing emotion, not crying, not um, not showing that we care and that we miss our child. We pretend we are okay, are okay when we are not. We put on the mask when we could be grieving. 
which is is normal. Grief is normal. Grief is a normal response to loss. And the sooner we allow ourselves to grieve and face it, the sooner we can get to standing on our two feet again and being the mother we want to be again. Grief changes you and it's not um, it's not a race and it's not that you grieve and you get on your feet and you're good for the rest of your life because it will always be there. So I'm not saying this is a race. I'm not trying to rush and force you through as quick as you can so you can get back to normal. There is no normal. You will have to come into your new normal. The normal that you had was gone, but there is a new normal to you. But what I'm saying is that by kicking the can down the road and being strong instead of facing our grief, that we're prolonging the time of heavy and deep grief that takes away from joy and you living the life you are meant to live here still. You are here for a reason. I know you are and you have a purpose here. So that's the next thing I want to dive into is that you matter. As mothers, we tend to put ourselves last so many times. It's so natural for us. In our grief, we might try to shove it down and pretend we're okay. So many don't show their husbands their pain or anywhere else. They cry in the car, in the shower, alone. Which, when the people around you are not supportive or tell you to move on, or you really need to pull yourself together already, that no wonder you want to hide it. It's not, it's not something that needs to be shown to everybody. And honestly, if you do show your grief to somebody, that's a great honor to them because you you are showing them that you trust them and you're comfortable with them. But I'm not saying you need to go around crying to everybody. That's not what I'm saying at all. But that not allowing ourselves to grieve or trying to put ourselves last to make everybody else comfortable. So through all of this, I want to remind you that you are not broken and you're not broken for life. I know I know it can feel that way. I have felt that way. But you are not wrecked. I know grieving is hard and difficult and it can be hard to see why you should care about yourself when your child is dead. It can be hard to have motivation to try. What's the purpose? And I just want to send you the biggest hug. And I want to tell you that you matter. So please, please, please find ways, even if they are small ways, to care for yourself. And by caring for yourself, you can slowly begin to put your life back together. Scars, grief, and all so you can be present for the rest of what your life has to offer. I often think of this as a selfish time, even if you are someone who wants to help and loves to help others, that this is a time for you to receive and take help for yourself. It is so hard to take that help or to get help or to receive help. It puts you in a place of need and it, it, it's really hard. It's really hard to be on the receiving end. We all want to give. We want all want to help. We all want to make things better for everybody else. But sometimes we have to, we're in a position in our lives where we need to be on the receiving end and let other people help us. Because honestly, losing a child is a time that you need help. I so many times would tell my therapist about these other people that I know are suffering or having a hard time in their life going through a big trial and that I really, really wanted to help them. It was so hard for me to keep pulling myself back from 
helping others even on a you know like within friends we bring each other's meals and that kind of stuff when we have babies and I didn't do any of that I didn't help at my church I didn't help in any capacity because it was a time where I just needed to take care of myself and I didn't have any extra energy to do anything for anybody else and so I kept telling my therapist about all these people that I really wanted to help and I just didn't have the energy to try and he told me to imagine all these people so each person that I wanted to help and that each person that I wanted to help imagine somebody else is helping them see them in your head somebody else is giving them help so that I know that they're not not taken care of, but that I can let go of it for now because it's not something that I can do in my life right now, but that I know that they're being taken care of by other people. So if you're like me that it's hard to let other people help you and you'd rather help other people, try imagine that, that all these people that you want to help, they're being helped, and then to allow people to help you because you matter you really do you it starts with you taking care of yourself and taking care of your grief and you know that you're forever changed I know that I'm forever changed we all know this one there's no going back to the person we once were but do you long for your old self the person you were before your child died so many times I would look at pictures of myself before Aria died and I would think that Man, I really had no idea what was coming for me. And if only I could have that innocent and free laughter again. I would look at a picture of me laughing and I would just cry and cry and think that that's never going to be me again. I'm not going to laugh that way anymore, ever again. There is a period of chaos of being suspended between the life you once had and the life that is possible for you. In this time, you feel like you lose yourself. You become a shell of who you were. And you don't know where you're going or what your purpose in life is. But it is possible to find yourself again. It's not the person you were because that person is gone. But the person you can become is someone living with grief and joy. The person you can become is someone that lives fully and carries their child in their heart and their life fully as well. There's a pressure from some and huge misunderstanding that if you are sad, you are stuck. Or if you talk about your child, you are in need of professional help because you are not moving on. I want to say that by embracing your new self, this does not mean leaving your child behind. Your your child is every bit a part of your life and your experience. And we don't just delete them and move on, pretending it never happened or that they never existed. So taking steps to find who you are is not moving on from your child, but fully embracing them as part of your life and that grief is part of who you are now and it's woven into the fabric of your being. I actually just recently saw a quote on Instagram that I shared that I saw that I wanted to read really quick. Our lost children are not pain. They are not a wound. They are not the trauma. The loss is the agony, not the precious soul that was taken from us far too soon. So when people say, maybe you are best not to talk about them in case you reopen the wound, or perhaps you are making it worse, 
They are simply not understanding that our children are the gift. They are the beautiful treasure people spend their life searching for. By talking about them, we heal. By sharing their story, however short it may have been, we cast a light in someone else's dark world. And perhaps, most importantly, we are acknowledging they were here, that their lives made a difference, that because they existed, we are different, that because of them, the world is a better place. So this was by Zoe Clark Coates from saying And I just, I thought that was so powerful. And it just really shows the, that when you share about your child, it is not, it's not a meaning that you need help or that you're, you're um, stuck. Getting help is so important. I, I highly, highly recommend professional help and support of community and people around you and talking about it. But because you cry about your child or you talk about them or you want to share a story about them, it does not mean you're stuck in the past. It just means they are part of you and part of your life. So the last thing I wanted to talk about is the importance of community. Um, Having people around you who support you and listen is incredibly helpful and how you face your grief. Losing Aria made me feel incredibly fragile emotionally. I was drained physically, mentally, and emotionally. My tank was beyond empty. I had no energy to try to explain to others what it was like if they didn't have the heart and compassion to sit and listen. So I know I know it's hard to even find the energy to try to fight with somebody, which there unfortunately there's a lot of stories of having to fight with people and and there's just no energy for that and I want to give you the freedom in your life as well to not fight with them don't waste your energy fighting with someone who doesn't understand or trying to explain to someone who is not leading with compassion let them go for now and lean into the people who are listening who are supporting and being there for you Pay attention to those people who are caring for you and just let them speak into your life and listen and be with them and let go of those others who every time you feel like you're having to defend yourself and trying to, they're trying to control your grieving process. So find community um, online or in person. There is seriously nothing like talking with someone who understands in person I think when we feel supported in our grief, it makes a difference of feeling like you can handle this and get through this and your outlook on how your life is, is way different when you feel supported and understood and seen in your grief versus when you feel really alone. And a lot of us, most of us, I think, feel alone in our grief at some points or another, even with the the best support group. Grief is kind of a lonely journey. So I just wanted to highlight a few different places you could do support groups in person um, because I highly recommend visiting with people in person um, if you can. The Compassionate Friends group is for parents who have lost a child. And you can look them up and see if there's a chapter in your area. Grief share. I have never been to anything of theirs, but I have heard good things about them. So you could see if there's something around you. 
Um, otherwise, a lot of places that have support groups are hospitals or churches. Um, just look online and see if you can find any support group around you. And if there's one that you go to and it's not the right fit for you, try a different one. There's also um, grief retreats. There's two that I know of. I'm sure there's more than this, but Face Lodge, based in Wisconsin, is an amazing place to go to. And the SUDC Foundation um, has just started grief retreats for families who have lost their child in the same way Aria died. Um, they are having their second retreat in October. And then there's online options. We are lucky to live in a time where that if going to in-person events isn't possible or it feels overwhelming that we have the ability to connect and meet others online. I'm so thankful that we have this option because so many times we might not know anybody around us in person who has lost a child and there is just nothing like being with others who understand. Um, you can look in Facebook groups. You can find people on Instagram. There are becoming more and more options of support and people who understand and telling their stories. And I think it's so important to reach out and be a part of that and find people who understand. So I do want to tell you that the doors to the Grieving Moms Haven are currently open. This is a place to take off the mask and rest your weary heart. A place where you can be seen and see others who are walking the same path as you. As a founding member of the Graving Moms Haven, you get to help shape the community and what is offered in a way that you need the most. There is nothing that can take away the pain of child loss, but there are ways to find support, community, and explore our grief as a normal response to loss. Go get your spot as a founding member because these spots are extremely limited and won't last long. You can go to www.bit.ly slash healing in grief. Again, that's bit.ly slash healing in grief. I would love to have you in there. I'm very excited about this project and community I'm working on creating, and I would love for you to be a part of creating it with me. So those are my four um, things I was thinking about I don't really have like a very good framework today for them but I just those are four thoughts that I I have had recently and I just wanted to touch on as grieving moms that you do matter and you don't need to push through strongly for everything and push your grief aside and not take care, care of yourself and that is why I'm creating the grieving mom's haven because I want a safe place for moms to go and be able to be seen and heard and to explore different ways of exploring their grief and supporting their grief. So join me there and then let me know if this was helpful for you. I I never want to come across as pushy or bossy or telling you what to do with your grief because we all know each of our grief is our own and we have to grieve in our own way, but these are just some things I've learned from my experience of losing Aria. So let me know if it's helpful. We'll see you next week.